Welcome back, and a very special welcome to a dear friend and very valued colleague of many years who we have not had on the show in altogether too long. Fear for a variety of reasons, but we are thrilled that he is back with us today. His name is John Guandolo. He has served in a number of capacities, uh, the national security of the United States, notably as a Marine Corps officer in the very, very elite special forces equivalent, the force recon elements of the Marine Corps. He has been in combat in that capacity at Desert Storm. He has been, in addition, a special agent of the FBI working on counter-terrorism problems uh, at the beginning of the so-called War on Terror. And since he left the Bureau, um, working at least as tirelessly on trying to educate Americans about the nature of the terrorist threats that we face, specifically from what I call Sharia supremacists, um, Muslims who follow the doctrine of Sharia and engage in the jihad. It commands all faithful Muslims to perform in one fashion or another. There are few people who are more expert on the subject than the president of the terrific organization Understanding the Threat, John Guandolo, and we're delighted to have him with us to talk about, among other things, how that threat has manifested just in the past few days in Colleyville, Texas, right up the road from where he lives now in Dallas. John Guandolo, it's great to have you back at Secure Freedom Radio. Welcome, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Happy New Year to you. It's nice to be back on with you. Good. Well, it's been too long, and let's not let that happen again. I really appreciate your contributions to this program. Most especially, I appreciated a really important summary document that you produced and circulated just today, I believe, about the hostage-taking that occurred on Saturday at a synagogue in Colleyville, Texas. I guess it's a suburb of the Dallas-Fort Worth um, megaplex. First of all, tell us what we actually know about what happened in that incident. Um, and I guess if you would, um, explain to us why it is it's so difficult to hear the truth from the media that is supposedly reporting on the subject. Right. Well, uh, the bare bones of the incident was uh, a guy walks into a, uh, a synagogue on Saturday during services, takes people hostage, and uh, says he wants Afia Siddiqui released from federal prison, she being a, an al-Qaeda fighter who, uh, or an al-Qaeda operative who uh, is, uh, is in federal detention for 80-some years. And uh, in the end, the hostages got released and the uh, FBI's hostage rescue team killed the guy. Um, and that's the, that's the nuts and bolts of it. But so, when you but what start, do we know about this individual who did the hostage taking? He's described on a lot of media reports as a British national, uh, and the uh, the authorities can't quite figure out what the motivation was. He was single mindedly focused, we're told, on one thing, but we're not being told yes. what that is. Yes, uh, the uh, FBI special agent in charge of Dallas said uh, on Saturday night he was single mindedly focused on getting. 
you know, Afia Siddiqui out of prison. But oh, he did mention um, it. Okay, I I just heard he, that he, he was single-mindedly he focused, but they're still trying to figure out what it was all about. Well, but he did. They still said we're still working on the motive. Um, but besides just that, and uh, so a couple things that should really stand out. Number one, uh, he comes to the uh, United States just a few weeks ago. He's British. He's from Blackburn, Lancashire, uh, in in England. Uh, he's a Pakistani uh, living in Britain, uh, and it appears he has British citizenship. And the area he lives is uh, has does have a high Pakistani uh, population. And it should be noted that Afia Siddiqui is a Pakistani national, which was actually one of the reasons when she got caught that she raised the attention of the Afghan National Police because she was standing outside uh, the governor's compound in uh, in uh, Ghazi province, and uh, uh, they started asking her questions, and they noticed she was speaking Urdu, so immediately they assumed she's Pakistani, and, you know, next thing you know, they're going through her bag and finding uh, plans for chemical and biological weapons, and uh, liquids and gels and glass jars and uh, lists of U.S. Uh, landmarks and all kinds of things. And uh, anyway, that's kind of a problem, it, wouldn't you say, John? It's a problem, right? But it's interesting that uh, according to the Islamic leaders here in Dallas, she's just the nicest person. She's innocent. She's being railroaded, and they forget to mention what I just shared. And then they forget to mention that when she got. Uh, they were going to start interviewing her with uh, FBI personnel and military personnel uh, at the Afghan uh, building where she was being initially held. Uh, she grabbed an M4 rifle and tried to shoot the people that were trying to interview her. And uh, it was actually an interpreter that kind of lunged and pushed it up in the air, but she got a couple rounds off and she ended up getting shot uh in the, in the torso. Uh, and while they were wrestling her down, you know, she's screaming a law walk bar and I want to kill Americans. And, uh, this is the, this is the woman they're defending. This is the woman, by the way, Democrats in Texas and, and, and across the United States, along with these jihadis, these terrorists from Hamas and Muslim brotherhood, this is the woman they're defending. So I think it's important to start there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, John. And and she was convicted, as you say, in a court of law in this country on these grounds, and they're still insisting that she must be freed. But your point is so important here. You're saying, John Guandolo, that the Muslim Brotherhood front groups across this country, outfits like the U.S. Council of Muslim Organizations and the Council on American-Islamic Relations and the Islamic Society of North America and others have made this a cause celeb. They have been pushing, just as this jihadist was, for the release of this woman who apparently had a background in scientific training to engage in weapons of mass destruction terrorism and seem to have plans for doing it or some sort of materials related to it in her backpack when she was caught. Right. This right. is but sign know, of a, a problem. And the fact that we're not being told about any of this is equally so, which brings me back to your outfit, understanding the threat and this important product, which pulls together really brilliantly, John, a whole bunch of information about this incident, about the 
backstory of what these Muslim Brotherhood outfits are doing and the larger problem that you are reporting on, you are analyzing, you are warning about, you are training people on how to counter at understandingthethreat.com in Texas, no less. And all of this is the kind of information that ought to be being made available on the widest possible basis, and yet not so much at the moment. No, it's it's. I, I agree with you, and I think uh, it goes to the root of the problem. Is and I will. I'll just. You've heard me say this before. It doesn't. You know, as a as a combat veteran, as a guy that worked counterterrorism and, and trained a lot of people inside the government. It makes sense to me when jihadis act like jihadis, and it actually, uh, you know, I have um, assessed and understand the threat is assessed that that the Democrat Party, especially at the national level, truly is uh, completely aligned with the communist movement in the United States um, in in many Such aspects. An important point, yeah. And and the red green so, axis, we call it. Yeah, and when you look at especially some of the you know the recent Rasmussen poll where you've actually got quite a high percentage of people who are registered Democrats um, side with issues that are to me are very Stalinist in nature about putting people in detention for not getting the vaccine and this kind of stuff. It's 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 truly their understanding of what life in America is is uh, is equivalent to Stalin's and Hitler's, but. That that is important, I think, when you look at that these same people on the political left uh, would would be the rabbi of this uh, Jewish synagogue, who uh, is a politically uh, hard left individual, who is a proponent of the interfaith outreach to jihadis in the community, and. That was the thing that, as I looked at this, as it was happening, because I have a pretty good handle on the uh, jihadi organizations here in the DFW area and in Texas, because we've done some reports on that, and I think that's very important, that, that, that when you look at it across the board, what this incident was, as you just mentioned, was an extension of what the Muslim Brotherhood in the United States and internationally has been pushing because it's not just those organizations. There are a lot of the key organizations that are working these major issues, and it's a very well-coordinated operation. And the point to writing the article, which is the basis, it's going to be a basis of a larger report, is that when you are in the FBI or at the state DPS level in a state like Texas or Oklahoma or anywhere, and you don't know any of this, then it's no wonder your special agent in charge, who, by the way, is, has a reputation for being a good agent, can literally look at the camera and seriously say, you know, we're not sure it has anything to do with the Jewish community. And he meant it. That's how ignorant they are. And so this is the intentional outcome of the operations against by the Islamic movement, against the FBI, against the State Department, against the national security staffs, and you're familiar with what I'm talking about now, that our assessment is they've never had more control uh, in Congress than they have today. I mean, their efforts, it's just, it, its I would agree with that. It John, is let, me, let me just say, if I can, about your product here. Um, it's entitled Jihadi Attack on Synagogue, Highlights Info War and Massive 
Islamic Movement Operations in Texas. And you're saying that you're going to be developing this document further and it'll be a more detailed report. But I, I just want to commend to our audience that at uh, understandingthethreat.com, you can find the link to this particular paper in its current form. But it also takes you to several others, including an article that you mentioned, John, that you had done shortly before this incident went down, entitled, presciently, the jihadi movement is alive and well and untouched in America. And then you have another uh, longer report that you did last, uh, I guess, back in 2020, entitled, the takedown of Texas. Now, all of these things are really required reading, and it's kind of unbelievable that people in the law enforcement community, whose job it is to protect the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for example, or, or you know, Texas more generally, or the country for that matter, aren't fully versed on what you know and what you have been teaching, training, and writing about so thoughtfully, and, and I think so carefully documented. That's the other thing. I mean, you, you've got a reputation that's been sullied like mine, unfairly, wrongly. Uh, and yet, I think your research, John, has stood up to close scrutiny, as very few others have. And therefore, I'm really excited about being able to commend to our audience here at Secure Freedom Radio the uh, UTT courses and products and uh, research and analysis that you do. So just to tie this all together, because we're going to run out of time, um, what is it that should be the principal takeaway at the moment from the various things you've pointed to? Uh, The red-green axis, uh, the rabbi who is um, an interfaith dialoguer uh, and has been you know, steeped in this whole um, program of the Muslim Brotherhood to uh, essentially subvert, I would argue, uh, these uh, other faith communities, even as people like this uh, particular jihadist attack them. And how does info war fit into the so-called stealth jihad of the Muslim Brotherhood and and benefit from incidents like this of, uh, of violence? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the, number one, the, the violence is the smaller part of all this, and it's used, like in this case, to advance the much larger information war. So on the front end, using the interfaith outreach, which in the United States and in Europe, quite frankly, but in the U.S., is, con- is controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood, by the International Institute of Islamic Thought, primarily as the strategy center uh, by the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the Islamic Society of North America, to a lesser degree, the Islamic Circle of North America, and some of these others. Now, Gage is getting much more involved, the Muslim Legal Fund of America. Uh, these are very serious the organizations. The Council. Let's not forget Council. Them. There, there, are, there are many, but those are the, the kind of key ones. So on the front end, you've got the Islamophobia campaign to silence people like us speaking truth about Islam. You've got the inter- the Ilan Omar's campaign at the moment, legislatively in the Congress of the United States. Yep. You've got the outreach, interfaith outreach to the religious community, outreach to the business community, outreach to the 
uh, media outreach to political, and they these this Islamic movement has got organizations and groups to do that outreach to Hollywood, outreach to all kinds of uh, places and ways, and the purpose, as you just said, is to not only subvert. It's to control the message and gather intelligence. They're constantly gathering intelligence and adjusting their plan. Constantly. To what end, John? Just remind us of the larger purpose of the Muslim Brotherhood in this country, as well as, you know, more globally. Their stated goal is to overthrow all un-Islamic governments and establish an Islamic government here under Sharia. And the fact that we, as you just mentioned just recently, had uh, HR 5665 pass uh, with 219 uh, Democrat votes in the House of Representatives is frightening because that is a major step to uh, literally implementing and having a control mechanism, at least, to control the language as the first step uh, uh, to protect Islam and allow them to roll their movement forward. But the point, when you said sum it all up, the sum it up is on the information war, the interfaith and the outreach efforts soften the ground. Then this guy comes in, or you could take San Bernardino or any of the other attacks, there's an attack. And then on the other side, the information warfare, what do you have? You've got the local mosques talking about how wonderful this rabbi is, what, how great the interfaith is. And they reinforce the very things that are destroying that community, that are destroying the Christian churches, that are destroying liberty. That's how it works. And then they get legislators to legislate in support of what they're doing. And of course, they're working with the communists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa right on the street. So it, it is an incredibly well-coordinated effort. And that's the piece that uh, the people I sit down with in leadership positions, they just have no understanding of how well-coordinated these efforts are. And John, I, I don't need to tell you that it is the insistent assertion of people who don't want to see this or don't want the rest of us to become alive to the problems that you're describing. To write this all off as uh, conspiracy theories, um, you I, the reason I emphasize your credentials as well as the quality of your work is you've documented all of this. This is not supposition or hyperbole. This is rooted in careful, documented research of the Muslim Brotherhood front groups, um, their statements that they seek to uh, sabotage our house, our miserable house, by our own hands as part of the process of bringing about um, the submission of the United States to uh, a, an Islamic caliphate globally. I mean, these are things that are beyond dispute if people will only trouble themselves to, uh, to learn what you are teaching. And the fact that this is still not part and parcel of the basic training of FBI personnel, whether it's in Dallas or elsewhere, must be of enormous frustration to you, having done that at a point in the past and having done it with a lot of law enforcement personnel elsewhere in the intervening years. But uh, this kind of willful blindness is, uh, as our friend Andrew McCarthy put it, 
endemic, and it's going to get more of us killed if we're not careful. It's uh, you've got a, a an enemy with a doctrine, a strategy, a significant network, and a tremendous uh, support here in the United States from the uh, the mainstream traditional media, from the Democrat Party, and uh, uh, unless it's why we at Understand the Threat encourage citizens and sheriffs and local elected officials to bring us in to train the, the community because we strongly believe that there is no way to deal with this better than at the local level because at the local level we can help citizens and local officials identify the organizations and individuals uh, both on the communist and the jihadi side that are in their community literally at the county level and flush them out. Um, and that's what has to be done county by county. And, and boy, it Texas will only be trouble. done. Yeah. It will only be done if we learn from incidents like this and put them into their proper context, which you have really documented in this um, important uh, interim report on the jihadi attack on the synagogue, which again, folks, you can find at understandingthethreat.com. Please visit that site learn what is available there, and impress upon people, especially if you're in major centers across this country. And it's not just Dallas-Fort Worth, heavens knows. But John, you've done an incredible job on the ground there, documenting it in that specific community. We need the largest population possible in our leadership, in our law enforcement community, in our intelligence agencies, to get the sort of training that you offer, John Guandola, and I hope they will. But in the meantime, thank you for doing a little training here today. Come back to us again soon, my friend. There's an awful lot more that needs to be covered, and we look forward to doing it with you in the course of 2022. I hope the rest of you will come back to us again tomorrow, same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Gaffney. Thanks for listening.